Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. If you're looking for more, check out thejesuslab.com. The Jesus Lab is a nine-month facilitated encounter with the finished work of Christ, and applications are open now. Check it out at thejesuslab.com. Hallelujah. We're in this series called God of All Hope, and uh, last week, I don't mind telling you, it was really good. I mean, it was really good. I preached it, and it was really good. Yeah, yeah, you might be like, he's so arrogant. No, I'm just honest. It was good. It was helpful. It helped me. It did. Anybody else? Feel like, oh, yeah, come on. If you didn't get to uh, be here last week or see it online, it's on our YouTube channel. And we talked about how the true definition of hope, a biblical definition of hope, is the cheerful, somebody help me, expectation of good. That's right. The cheerful expectation of good. Say it with me. The cheerful expectation of good. That's hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's heavenly thinking. It's a cheerful, joyful expectation that it's going to be good. That's what biblical hope is. So it's not like just a, you know, a long shot, a Hail Mary. You know, everybody treats hope like a Hail Mary. Amen? People are like, oh, I'll just throw it up there. You know? But that's not what hope does. Hope expects good no matter what. Yeah. And it does it with a smile on. Yeah. <laughs> it does. That's what biblical hope is. And today, I want to tell you, show you, just pushing it a little further, how true hope waits. True hope waits. It's able to wait. I'm going to jump into Romans 15, 13. This is kind of the anchor verse, which tells us we're to abound in hope. It's Paul. He prays it for the, the church in Rome and says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I'm praying this for you as well. Everyone online, everyone here. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say, I receive that for myself. Come on. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We're to abound in hope. And I talked about it a lot last week, but if not the church, then who? If not the church, if the church doesn't have hope in a pandemic, who will? Hello? If the church doesn't have hope for racial reconciliation, who will? Come on. If the hope doesn't come from the church, it ain't coming. I'm telling you. In fact, Christ in you is the only hope of glory your neighbors have. We think Christ in heaven is the hope of glory. We think Christ in the rapture is the hope of glory. We think Christ in the second coming, hashtag not in your Bible, the term second coming. Christ in the second coming. Sorry, that was cruel. That was not nice because I don't have time to explain it. But it's not in there. You can find it if you want. Bring it back to me. It's not there. Hallelujah. Christ in the second coming is not the hope of glory. Christ in your chair is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the only hope of glory that this world has. People are like, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, only as long as the church keeps the basket on her head will it go there. Okay? Arise and shine, your light has come. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Trying to get back to my notes right now. <laughs> Floating off into fun places. <laughs> True hope waits. And in order to, what Romans 15 says, in order to abound in hope, we have to learn. This is what the Lord showed me this week. And this is the word of the Lord for our house, for our church, everyone watching online. In order to abound in hope, we have to learn to wait, hopefully. We have to learn to wait in hope in order to abound in hope. Okay? True hope waits. There's two things I want you to understand today about true hope, okay? Number one, it waits in amazement. It waits in a state of amazement. 
and we're going to talk about it today. The second thing is true hope strengthens us in the waiting. You get stronger the longer you hope. We're going to talk about it. So let me read to you Psalm 62. We're going to read verse 3 through 8. This is David writing, you know, King David. You heard that guy? Kind of a big deal in the Bible. He had some problems. He had some opposition, okay? Listen, your, like, mean comments on Facebook are not persecution, okay? David had real opposition and persecution, right? All right? Just letting you know. I get a lot of nasty messages on Facebook. They are not persecution. I never put that in the category of persecution. It's just in the category of annoying. That's all it is. It's just annoying. But David had real problems, man. This is what he said. Psalm 62. This is out of the New Living Translation. He said, so many enemies against one man. All of them trying to kill me. Anybody want to put their comment thread next to that? Yeah, they might call you names. They ain't trying to actually kill you, okay? David had some problems. All of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They want to, they plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. Amen. What a response. Let this teach you today how to respond to opposition. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait before the Lord. My hope is in him. Powerful. Next verse. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Say all times. Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. He's our refuge. What happened? What just happened here? What just happened is like whiplash. It's like spiritual whiplash. It's, I would call it like spiritual ADD. David is like whining, and then all of a sudden he's exploding with worship. You know, it's like what happened? Hope. Hope came. Our warfare, you know this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, right? They are not fleshly. Uh, we do not wage a war against what? Flesh and blood. You all know the verses, but you might not know this. That means people aren't your problem. <laughs> let, me, let me help you. Your spouse ain't your problem, bro. <laughs> or chica, you know. Your job ain't your problem. Your boss ain't your problem. That coworker is not your problem. Your in-law is not your issue. Find all the buttons and press them. That's my plan. Find all the buttons. <laughs> People are not your problem. They're your opportunity. They're your opportunity for growth. As iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. We put that in the realm of like, oh, you know, like spiritual brothers giving us, you know, correction. Like, like we put it like people who are... Um, encouraging us is iron. No, iron is just iron, all right? As iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another, all right? Some of y'all sharpen me. <laughs> Some of you will get that at lunch, you know? <laughs> it's good. It's good. People are not your problem. They're your opportunity. 
The next time you write that email and you're like, I'm having such a problem with blah, 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 go back and re-spell the word opportunity. You misspelled opportunity. I'm having this opportunity. <laughs> I have this opportunity for growth, for them to grow and for you to grow. You know, it's possible for you both to be wrong about something, right? <laughs> and did you know that righteousness and rightness are very different things? They're speaking the, speaking the truth in love, and then there's loving to say true things. They're different. Some people just love to state the facts, state the truth. They're not speaking the truth in love. Hallelujah. It got quiet. <laughs> That's the sound of repentance. <laughs> people are not your problem. They're your opportunity. You need to take that with you and just next time take that label off their, their forehead and write opportunity. Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Because you actually have access to a higher realm of understanding than even David did, okay? So I know this might be a little strange because we put David on a pedestal, and that's cool. Like, he was awesome. Father of faith, I'm into it. I like David. Okay, worshiper, cool. But... You know, we go from glory to bummer, right? Like we start good and then we decline. No, we go from glory to sort of the same, right? We just maintain. No, we go from glory to glory. The kingdom is like a seed planted, grows to be the tallest tree in the garden. That means this thing continues to get better. So if David had one level of something, we have another level of something. And David only received the Holy Spirit that came upon him. The Holy Spirit came from outside of him to upon him. The Holy Spirit comes up and on us. It came upon David. It comes up on us because we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we actually have access to insight and understanding that David didn't. That's why David can say all these crazy stuff. You ever read the book of Psalms? You ever read that thing? It's a pretty violent book, right? Like this is why David can say stuff like, break in their teeth, oh God. He wrote that. Break in the teeth of mine enemies. That's not a legal prayer for you. People aren't your problem. Principalities are your problem, and they traffic in people. Principalities traffic in people. David didn't know that. I know. You're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, it's the new and better covenant. We have greater insight. Paul wrote, we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So there's a lot of stuff in the Psalms that's not a legal prayer for you anymore. <laughs> you need to read it with discernment and ask Holy Ghost if this is actually right for me to pray. Because you could weaponize some of that stuff and really take your in-law to town in the prayer closet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You've never done it. Only me. Only me. I've, no one else has done that. Right? <laughs> so important that we understand that. Because when... David is talking about his enemies coming against him. We can say, we have all these principalities. We have fear coming against us. We have the spirit of anxiety coming against us. You know, like um, something, it's crazy the amount of like anxiety hotlines, suicide hotlines, things like that. It's like 600% increase over the last four months. Something crazy like that. The amount of anxiety on the world right now is just through the roof. You've been feeling anxious, you're not alone, okay? Like, it's an atmosphere of anxiousness right now, okay? So don't internalize that. Just, I'm just saying. We have enemies coming up against us. So many enemies, right? But they're not people. That's why I'm saying all this. Yeah? 
So in those circumstances, the only way that all that I am can wait quietly before God, the only way that all that you are can wait quietly before God in those circumstances is if your hope is in God. There's a connection here that I need you to get today. The only way to wait quietly before the Lord is if your hope is in the Lord. That's the starting point. If my hope is in me, I cannot wait. I need to get to work. <laughs> Come on, somebody. If my hope is in my circumstance, I got to change it. I can't just sit here. Are you with me? If my hope is in you, I mean others, others, I definitely can't wait. <laughs> right? If, if you're putting your hope in your spouse, if you're putting your hope in your friends, if you're putting your hope in your parents, you will be disappointed and you will not be still. In fact, if you reverse engineer that for a second, if you're not very still right now, you might have your hope in the wrong place. That's what I'm trying to say to you. It's okay. Just blink. You can repent at any time. Just blink. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Here's the deal, though. When our hearts are truly experiencing hope, say truly. truly. When our hearts are truly experiencing hope, we will be consumed with the magnificence of who God is rather than the magnitude of the problem. The magnificence of God will eclipse the magnitude of the problem. I'm not saying you don't have problems. I'm not saying they're not real. I'm not saying get over it. I'm not saying any of that junk, okay? That's being spiritually ignorant. You know, that's like saying, uh, that's bypassing in, in spiritual language. Like, oh, just pray about it. Get over it. Don't you have faith? That's spiritual bypassing. It's emotionally manipulating. It's wrong, okay? Don't do that. It's actually, you're trying to look spiritual. That's what that is. It's not actually helping them. It's, it's helping you look good, okay? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is no matter how big the issue is, it's eclipsed by the magnificence yeah. of him who sits on the throne. It always is. I can say that with confidence. Come on. So in this psalm, David turns from talking about his problem to declaring the power of God. And the thing that turned him, the thing that turned the key was he chose hope. He said, all these enemies, everything's coming against me. I have all these problems. Nothing's working out. No one's coming to my event. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't get that raise. They got the raise. Da, 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 da. Whatever. Whatever. Fill in the blank. And then he said, let all that I am wait quietly before God. My hope is in him. And then praise, worship, exalting the power of God came out. It was like this, boom, this switch was hit. And he turned around. When he chose hope, he was consumed with awe for God. You have the same opportunity today to do that. Sound like a good plan? I think it's a good plan. So, first thing, true hope waits in amazement. It waits in amazement. Why do I say that? Because when it says in this verse, let all that I am wait silently, the word wait silently in the Hebrew actually means to stupefy or to grow dumb. You know, dumb uh, connotatively uh, means, you know, ignorant or stupid, you know, but denotatively, it means can't talk, okay? When it says, I wait silently, it's not like, I'm going to be quiet before the Lord. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait on the Lord. He's going to renew my strength, waiting, waiting. No, it's, That's what hope looks like. 
That's the fruit of true hope. It waits dumbfounded because it sees God. (laughs) This is what the word means. It means to be astounded, wait silently in the Hebrew. Be astounded, be still, motionless, be struck dumb in amazement and fear to be astonished, to stop or to perish or cease. As in like you're struck mute, like you're struck like dead, like... (gasps) You need to activate this. The next time you have a problem, just, just play dead with a, with a shocked look on your face. Like, oh. <laughs> Maybe not like when your spouse is talking. That wouldn't be a good idea. But, you know, in your closet, just choose hope and say, you know what? I'm going to be astounded by the Lord because something good's about to happen. Here's what we're going to do. This is just going to, a little take home for you. Everybody get your cell phone out. If you're watching online on your cell phone, Sorry. You can do this later. We're going to take a stupefied selfie. That's what you're going to do. I know you, to, you, I know you know how to take a selfie. Come on, get your phones out. Practical example, you're going to take it with you. Okay, you can post it on Facebook. And we're going to make that stupefied face, that astounded face, the awe face. Come on, get your phone. We're going to take it all together on three. Everybody, you go ahead and put a stupefied face on your face. Say one, two, three, stupefied. <gasps> That's what hope looks like, that picture right there. Go ahead and look at it. Mine's pretty awesome. All of you look great in the background. It means to be astonished, amazed. That's the look of hope on your face right there. That's the look of hope. I'm trying to redefine hope for you. That's what it looks like. It means to wait astonished for God to move, (laughs) to be astonished with him and to wait on him. That's what it means. Okay, when you, put, when you put that on Facebook, make sure you spell stupefied. Don't let it autocorrect. My, my stupid selfie? No. My stupefied. Stupefied, yeah. Here's the deal. Here's why I want you to do that. Because that's the face of awe and wonder, like a childlike wonder, you know what I mean? Like when, <laughs> I don't want to advertise any kids' children, children's shows in case there's copyright or somebody doesn't like this, but there's a certain children's show that my son watches, and when it comes on, he has that hope look. Every time. He, <gasps> Every time. Like, <gasps> and he says the name of it, but he's just like, <gasps> that's what hope looks like. Here's the deal. Write this down. Hope keeps us in awe of God no matter how awful it gets. True hope keeps us in awe of God. Whoa, you're amazing. No matter how awful it gets. If you've lost your awe of God, I guarantee you, somewhere along, along the way, you stopped hoping. If God is not awesome or awful to you, at some, along the way somewhere, you stopped hoping. Hopelessness crushes our worship. It crushes our reverence for God. But hopefulness does the opposite. Waiting quietly in hope doesn't mean waiting in a docile state. It means waiting in a state of astonishment. Because you're waiting in amazement. This is how someone with true hope sounds. This is, this is David in the psalm. Psalm 47, verse 2. The Lord God Most High is astonishing, awesome beyond words. He's the formidable and powerful king over all the earth. Psalm 89, 7. You are a God who is greatly to be feared as you preside over the council of the holy ones. You are surrounded by trembling ones who are overwhelmed with fear and dread, stunned as they stand in awe of you. Verse 13, Psalm 89. Breathtaking and awesome is your power. Astounding and unbelievable is your might and strength when it goes on display. Astounding, unbelievable, 
That's someone with hope speaking. I'm telling you, there's a tie here. He says, I wait silently. I'm stupefied, dumbfounded, astonished, astonished because my hope is in him. That's the connection. Are you seeing this? Yes. Okay, good. Awe and wonder of God is the fruit of true hope. Awe and wonder of God is the fruit of true hope. It doesn't say that problem isn't real. It says that problem doesn't have the ultimate influence. We wait in amazement for God to move because we're amazed by who he is. That's the bottom line. Amen? That's number one. True hope waits in amazement. Two, number two, moving quickly. True hope actually strengthens us in the waiting. You get stronger the longer you hope. Did you hear what I just said? You get stronger the longer you hope. Yeah. I'm going to prove it to you. The word hope in the Hebrew here is tikava. You're going to learn some Hebrew. Are you ready? Come on. You're learning a language right now. Say tikava. Kava. Run it together. Tikava. Tikava. That is the word hope, but it's actually the word cord or rope. It literally means rope. It's the rope of hope. You feel like you're at the end of your rope? Somewhere you stopped hope. You feel like you're at the end of your rope? Just choose hope. You'll get all the rope you need. It's the rope of hope. Hope called rope. Rope, hope, whatever. It's actually the, the word that means expectation, a thing that is, uh, is longed for. And it's the same word in Joshua 2.18 that it says Rahab, when the spies were coming, she laid out the scarlet ribbon, Rahab, the scarlet cord out her window. That's the word hope. She laid her hope out the window, and, and that marked her house. And that meant she was saved and rescued. Hope will rescue you if you... Grab onto the rope. Hope is a lifeline. It's a lifeline. Come on. And the root word there is kava. This is so cool because it means, kava means hope, but kava itself means wait, to wait, W-A-I-T. Kava. And that actually in the original language means to twist, stretch, or the tension of enduring, waiting, or binding together, perhaps by twisting. Okay? Yeah, yeah. The, the, you're getting the picture right here. The whole thing about waiting is it's not always fun. Sometimes it's intense. It's always intentional. You know? <laughs> it means to twist together. The word picture is making a rope. To wait is to strand a rope together. You know, Jesus did it once. He sat down and made, it's the word cord. It's whip in English, but it's cord. It's not the Hebrew equivalent, but it is interesting. <laughs> Cheerful expectation of good, making a whip. And then he goes and turns the tables over and the money changers and all that stuff. If you don't know the story, Jesus cracked a whip over some people's heads in the temple once because they were robbing the people of God. And he had a cheerful expectation of good. You know... The angry that has a smile on, that's the kind you should be afraid of. The, oh, it's going to be good. He was righteously angry. Anger is not a sin. In your anger, do not sin. Amen? It's twisting together. It's stretching the tension of enduring. The tension, stretching, twisting. That's what it feels like to wait sometimes. Anybody? Can I get a good amen? That's what it feels like to wait. 
right? Especially when you're waiting on something good. Like, oh, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know? <laughs> so the word used in Isaiah 40, verse 30 through 31, says, Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall, men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait, it's the word hope, kava, those who wait, the root word of hope, for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like, with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Yes. True hope strengthens us in the waiting. Are you hearing me? Uh, Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait on the Lord. It's the word kava. We have it for you. Psalm 27 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Kava on the Lord. Wait. The root of hope. Wait. Hope in the Lord. And he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Come on. It's the tension of waiting that strengthens us for the journey. It's the tension of waiting that strengthens us for the journey. Think of a rope. If that thing's not twisted tight, if it's not bound together. <laughs> if you heard that on live stream, that was my son saying hello to someone walking into the kids' area. Hallelujah. <laughs> Very distinct shout that I know very well. Anyway, if you think about that, and it's, if the rope isn't properly tense, and it's got gaps, and it's not solid, that thing's going to break. But if it's twisted tight, if it's bound together, and it's done well, it creates strength. Are you with me? Uh, the, the best example of this is like an engaged couple who's decided to wait. And yes, I'm talking about intercourse. Yes, if the church doesn't talk about it, everyone else will. There's a pure version to this thing that's been perverted, and we will talk about it. I'm talking about sex. Just to, I left the button out earlier. Here's the last button. I'll push the last button and find all the buttons. Yeah. The two who are engaged that choose not to engage in intercourse, there's a little bit of tension there. If you know, They're burning with passion for one another, but they're abstaining from acting on that passion. If you've ever been in that situation, you know it's tense. <laughs> Anybody? Just me. I, I just me know about this. I'm the only one who's experienced this. It's a great example, Caleb. It really is. But here's the thing. The two are being bound together with the Lord. Okay, you want to know how I met my wife? I prayed for her at the altar for her heart to be healed. Single guys, let me help you. Follow the Lord. You'll just run into her eventually. I'm just saying, just follow the Lord. And you oh, there you are. I prayed for her, and she got healed of a 10-year heart condition. So if you want to find a spouse, go to the Jesus Lab, get activated in the gifts. And I'm just joking. <laughs> but it worked for me. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know. I won her heart. The Lord healed her heart through me, and I won her heart. It's just a good deal. Sounds great. Come on. But when we got engaged, I actually, uh, this was a little dicey, but I quoted the Bible to her uh, Puerto Rican father. We got married very quickly, okay? I'm not advocating this is always going to happen, all right? I'm not saying engagement should always be short. I'm not saying any of that. Use wisdom. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Say amen. amen. Okay. 
But we got married quickly, and her father wanted to know why. And I said, because the word of God says, <laughs> it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And he goes, what are you saying, man? I'm saying, I'm saying the word of God says. <laughs> End of statement. I don't have anything else for you, man. Like, <laughs> and he's like, he didn't know what to do with that, you know? But he blessed us, and they're amazing. Her parents are awesome. So good. But this is what's happening. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says that though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is the tension. This is the best example I have. It's the tying together. This is what it looks like to wait upon the Lord. It looks like a couple waiting to be together till their wedding night. It strengthens you. It's a strengthening. Listen, look at me. You have to wait in order to be able to carry the weight. You have to wait in order to have strength to carry the weight. Are you with me? It's actually the W-A-I-T which strengthens you for the W-E-I-G-H-T. Are you with me? Because guess what? Marriage is heavy, y'all. Ain't for quitters. Don't feel condemned if you do. I actually was married previously and she left. Hurt really bad. I know that pain. It's a difficult journey, marriage. Amen? It is. Marriage is heavy. Assignments from God are heavy. Your destiny is heavy. It has a certain weight to it. Hello? So, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but that doesn't mean there is no weight. There is a weight. Are you with me? Some of you are shaking your head because I know you're walking in it right now. You're walking in your destiny. And you're like, oh, yeah, it fits right. It's mine. It's good. It's from the Lord. But it, I feel it. Hello? And in the waiting for these things, you're strengthened to carry the call. Some of you, if God answered your prayers about your destiny today, it would crush you. Some of you. Not everyone. Some of you. Some of you need to hear what I'm about to say. If there's a delay, sometimes it's mercy. Come on. I need a spouse. I need a spouse. Mercy says you don't. I gave it, I, if I give you her now, you're going to hurt one of my kids. If I gave him to you now, you're going to hurt my boy. It's going to hurt you too. It's mercy that he delays. Jesus said to his disciples, I quote this all the time. He says, there are many things I wish to say to you now, but you cannot bear up under them. You need to wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. I just got that. I never connected the dots there. He says, you need to wait in Jerusalem or the upper room, all that, until you receive power, right? They had to wait to be empowered, strengthened in the waiting, strengthened, strength inside, because you're waiting. Think of, I have just a quick few examples here. Think of Joseph, right, in the Bible. He had a promise of ruling over his brothers and his father and mother and all that stuff as a teenager, right? But then he had to go through, he waited through slavery. He served in Potiphar's house. He was sentenced to prison. He was sent by, uh, for, by 
one of the guys, I don't remember his name, the cupbearer or the bread, I don't remember. Somebody, Pharaoh sends somebody to interpret a dream. He interprets Pharaoh's dream, right? And then he says this very inter interesting thing. He says, I don't have the interpretation, but the Lord does. Something had happened. Over here as a teenager, he said, I have a vision from God. You all should hear it. Over here he goes, I have nothing of myself, but the Lord has something for you. Yeah. Strength. Able to carry. And he was put second in command over all of Egypt. The only one higher than him was Pharaoh himself. He didn't have strength over here for it, but he was strengthened in the waiting. Now, let me just qualify this. That doesn't mean you have to go through hard things. I think he could have chosen, chosen humility and not gone through the terrible stuff. I don't think the path to the palace had to be the prison, the pit, Potiphar's house, all that stuff. I don't think that had to happen. I think God used what he gave him. <laughs> I'll give you pride and you use it. He'll go, yes, I will. You give him humility, he'll use it. He goes, yes, I will. Come on. He's just interested in getting you to your destiny, but he strengthened him. You hear that? David as well. He was anointed by Samuel to be king, right? As a shepherd boy. But do you know he actually waited 21 years till all of the kingdom of Israel was his? 21 years. Anointed as king, not fully king over Israel and Judah until 21 years later. He needed to be strengthened in the waiting so he could carry the weight. This is what hope does. It's what enables you to wait well. Abraham waited 25 years for the promise. I mean, there's so many, so many examples of this. So let me just say this to you, and I'm going to have Gigi come up. Hope is needed. Say needed. needed. Hope is needed so we can be strengthened to carry the call of God on our lives. If you don't have hope, you won't be strengthened as you wait. Hope is the key. You can wait, but not be strengthened. Are you with me? It's hopeful waiting that strengthens you. It's not just waiting. I've been waiting for my promises for a long time. I feel weaker than before. How much hope have you had the whole time? That's the key. It's the important part. Hope strengthens us in the waiting. So true hope waits in amazement, and it strengthens us in the waiting. And when we have hope, our spirit is in the right place to command our soul what to do, not the other way around. So this is what it says in Psalm 62.5, that same verse, but in the English Standard Version. It says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Do you hear this? This is David talking to himself. I don't trust Christians who don't talk to themselves, okay? I don't. I do not trust believers who don't talk to themselves. That's a bad way to be because your spirit has to command your soul, not the other way around. You might be feeling something heavy in your soul. You might be feeling burden in your body. You might be feeling, but your spirit has to tell your soul and body what to do. That's how this thing works. So he says, for God alone, oh, my soul, wait. It's almost like David stepped out of his circumstance, outside of himself, into heavenly places and said, you know what? Wait for God. David, wait for God. So I would say, Caleb, wait for God. Your hope is in him alone. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. If you're looking for more, check out thejesuslab.com. The Jesus Lab is a nine-month facilitated encounter with the finished work of Christ, and applications are open now. Check it out at thejesuslab.com.